Welcome to the Gym Owners Business Podcast with Mel Tempest. The Gym Owners Business Podcast is proudly supported and sponsored by Thomas Plummer, MyZone, Creative Fitness Marketing, and All Smiles Creative. The Gym Owners Business Podcast is part of the Gym Owners Business Network, which is the industry's go-to online hub designed to better service the needs of fitness business owners. The Gym Owners Business Network is currently finalising foundation memberships, so if you're a fitness business that would like to gain valuable and extensive exposure to the Australian and global fitness industries, then head to gymownersbusinessnetwork.net to find out more. Well, good afternoon. It's Mel Tempest from the Gym Owners Business Podcast. And today I am speaking to a panel of guests who are very well known in the industry. First of all, I'm speaking to Owen Bowling from Crank It Fitness, Adam White from Life Fitness and Hammer Strength Equipment, Ross Barber from Active. I'm also speaking to Gavin from Gav Profit Solutions. And very lucky to also have with me today is Sean from The Fitness Show. Good afternoon, panel. How are we? Hey, Mel. Very good. Doing well. Thanks, Mel. Mel. Going well, Mel. Glad to be here. Thanks for the invite. You're very welcome. So let's get things underway. Next week, we have one of the biggest conventions uh, in the Southern Hemisphere, being Filex 2018. And attached to Filex is the Fitness Show. And uh, all of my panel have stands at the Fitness Show this year. And so what we're going to go through is we're going to discuss some of the equipment that they have on their stand and um, what they can offer the ongoing participants that will be coming through the fitness show. So we're going to start off with Owen from Crank It. So Owen, Crank It Fitness has just absolutely taken off. Please tell me a few of the success stories with clubs and studios who have implemented the straps. Um, what are some of the things that um, they did to make the the implementation of the strap so successful? Yeah, thanks, Mel. Well, look, it's an interesting one because it actually talks to the whole functional training space uh, in general because what we've found with clubs that do a really good job of integrating the suspension straps into their club is that they don't just approach it as a cheap floor-based filler. A lot of clubs, I think, have in the in the shift into functional training have seen that they can fill a, a 20 or 30 or 40 square metre space with a much cheaper type of equipment than your traditional treadmills or commercial strength equipment. And that's just the complete wrong approach to take because they have to approach it looking at the space and then at the following on education that has to be provided to their staff, both current and future. And so what we see the really good guys do is they don't just look at what equipment are we going to put in there? They look at what is the programming going to look like? How are we going to run the programming? Are we going to train our trainers up to be able to create programming in-house or are we going to bring in a third-party programming service? And they budget accordingly, not just starting with the equipment, but with the whole package in mind. So the, the guys that have done a great job with Crank It have not only bought the straps from us, but they've also ensured that all of their trainers come and do either our face-to-face or online courses. And they heavily invest in their trainers that are coming on board, new trainers also doing that education, so that the functional training offering is really comprehensive and it engages the members. It's not just a dead space in their gym. So how fast has Crank It Fitness grown, let's say in the last 12 to 18 months? 
Look, we've had some big inroads, particularly overseas. We've we've steadily built in Australia over about seven years, but um, our UK distribution over the last couple of years really then uh, spurned some extra growth with distributors in Southeast Asia and Europe. And we're now in uh, somewhere between 15 and 20 countries. And uh, North America is, is just about to go live, which will be a big one for us. So it's, it's, been, it's been a pretty exciting couple of years. That sounds extremely um, exciting. It does. So with the clubs in the, the UK, they're obviously implementing the group programming as well. The big one that the clubs in the UK really liked was our digital pro- digital courses. So, you know, for example, we had a big leisure centre operator with, I think, about 300 sites um, come across to us, largely because all of their trainers were going to get access to our online education as part of them purchasing their product. And that saved a huge headache for them because they, they could track it uh, and they could see which clubs had trainers that were doing the course, how those trainers were performing, and that would allow them to see whether uh, a certain club was underperforming based on whether those trainers had done the education or not. So uh, that that's a really good example of them approaching it with the education in mind, not just the equipment. So with um, you know the club owners and obviously the personal trainers and group fitness instructors coming along to the fitness show over the weekend, what are some of the things that they'll be able to see on your stand? Well, we're working with a couple of companies. So we don't have our own set stand at the show. We're working heavily with uh, Ross and Active Solutions, who you've got on the panel today, and uh, we'll be working with Matrix and a couple other people. So for people coming along, they can really have a look at not only the product quality, because a commercial-grade product in that space uh, has to be of a high enough quality to withstand multiple uses every day over a number of years, but also really look at some of the things that you can do with suspension that a lot of people don't realise and talk to some of our, our experts there about how to integrate it in a, in a more functional and holistic way. That's, that's really what people can expect coming to the show. But, but if you look at someone like uh, Active Solutions as a great example, it, it shows how it fits as part of a larger ecosystem. And I think in the past, a lot of companies have been guilty of saying, our product is this amazing thing and you should just install it and do groups on it and just use it. And the reality is, is that's actually not the best solution for any club. The best solution is always going to be a combination of different tools that help achieve an outcome based on the programming or the goals that the, that the members have. Uh, and I know some of the other panellists can, can talk to that as well. All right. Awesome, Owen. So obviously, um, as Owen said, he's going to be working from different areas in the fitness show. Um, Owen, just really roughly, do you know whereabouts you're set up in the fitness show if they want to walk in to find Owen? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm going to be floating around. We're also doing some filming, uh, but I'll largely be hanging around with my good mate Ross at the Active Solutions stand. Fantastic. So there you go. You'll find Owen with Ross on the Active stand. So moving along, um, Adam White from Life Fitness and Hammer Strength Equipment. Um, Adam, your rehab line that, that you – I saw this at URSA, and I must say your stand was extremely busy at URSA. So what I actually wanted to ask you today was what the rehab line is about 
and also the importance of you know people over 50 working out and how club owners can can start to meet the demand of the people 50 and over because this is a big market that nobody is tapping into yeah, it certainly is, Mel, and thanks for having me on. I, I guess, as we all know, as we grow older, uh, an active lifestyle becomes more important than ever before and, uh, and to our health, and that we obviously through the prevention of uh, certain diseases, diabetes, cardiovascular, and I guess the important one being bone density as well and uh, for the prevention of osteoporosis. So it's, critical, it's a critical market, and the Life Fitness family expanded the product line uh, back in 2015 and uh, increased our access, access to the active ageing market through our brand known as SciFit. And this was to focus the support um, of the rapidly go growing senior population. And uh, Life Fitness is very proud to be showing this at uh, Filex this year. Uh, we will have two units there, which will be the lateral stability trainer and the step one recumbent as well. So the SciFit equipment is ideal for... Um, or it consists of upper body, or lower body, or a total body solution. So it's uh, ideal for those that are undergoing uh, rehabilitation, whether that be uh, knee replacements, uh, hip replacements, obviously wheelchair uh, access uh, is granted to these uh, styles of equipment as well. Um, and what we're finding is, is that there is a, a shift in, in leisure centres as an example of integrating SciFit medical products, if you like to call it, um, within their facility. And we're noticing that we're, we're seeing a, a, you know, about two or three or a, a row of SciFit equipment to cater for the rehabilitation wellness type um, approach as well. And not only that, but we also uh, have noticed that the leisure, leisure centres are starting to implement these kinds of equipment um, into group classes. And one in particular has a, a dedicated spin room. And the, um, the plan of attack was to implement uh, an upper body ergo, which will enable a wheelchair bound member to or user to access a spin class. Um, but obviously using the upper body ergo, which, which also still represents the, uh, the same method in terms of data, whether that be power and RPM. And I believe that's going quite well and really, really popular. Wow. Um, so, yeah. Sorry, Adams. Um, so yeah. how many clubs, just say in Victoria, have implemented this type of equipment for those over 50 and for rehab? It's probably starting to take shape now when we're finding that we, I would say, um, in, in Melbourne, which is the territory that I take care of as, as the area manager at Life Fitness, I would say half a dozen to a dozen of uh, customers are starting to integrate the SciFit products in their uh, facility. Um, but not only leisure centres, but we're noticing that also into retirement homes uh, and communities um, and nursing homes and obviously the medical and rehabilitation centres, is, we're starting to see that uh, there as well. Do you think there needs to be more education within the industry about meeting the, the needs of this demographic? Yeah, look, I, I think it uh, it wouldn't hurt, and it's probably more to get an understanding of the special, the, the I guess the specific nature of the SciFit products. Um, they're slightly different with regards to our regular sort of equipment, treadmills and bikes and cross trainers that we have. So, from a training component point of view, I think it's quite critical, um, not only to the PTs and trainers that will be using the equipment, but also for members and users as well. Okay, awesome. Now, whereabouts in the fitness show will you be located? 
Yeah, we'll be located. I'm going to say, hopefully, Sean might correct me on this, but I think we're at the life, well, the life fitness stand and hammer strength, which will be uh, stand number 1822, I think it is. So come along and give us a visit. And uh, we've got some SciFit products on show there, in amongst us, some of our other new uh, equipment that we'll unveil. And uh, we'll be there over the weekends from Friday onwards. Sounds fantastic. So we move along from Adam from Life uh, Fitness Hammerstrength on to Ross from Active Solutions. Now, I've seen some amazing um, pictures of Ross's outdoor solutions for clubs and studios, especially if they're wanting to target into that new craze of ninja training. Ross, tell us about your outdoor equipment. Mel, thank you very much for um, for inviting me to chat. Yeah, um, we are. We're an outdoor and an indoor, but our outdoor programming um, systems that we're, we're, we're launching and we're new as our expansion into Australia from America, um, it really is exciting. We've just launched a, a brand new outdoor facility in Miami Beach um, called My Equilibria, and it's something that's it's really out of this world. It's um, app-driven as well, so it's not just about being outdoors in the, the environment, but the, the training opportunities that you get from it. Um, again, it's back to this message of education. So we find in the functional space that people might come to an area outdoors. Uh, you can look at some facilities already, some council facilities, where they're just little diagrams that are on, 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 some, on display, um, whereas we've actually looked at it and we give a free app so people can come along and they can use that outdoor facility train with that app and it links into anywhere that you know that you want to you want to work into and which is specifically designed for the australian climate you know we we enjoy the fact that we can be outdoors in the great in the great weather and train so many days of the year that we can't really do anywhere else so yeah it's it's pretty exciting so ross i have to ask you this are you out there swinging on this with the dog barking uh well that's not my dog barking <laughs> I don't know who that is, but um, yeah, look, I, I, you know, I, I walk the walk and talk the talk. So one of the things I, I look at is in terms of our products, I am a functional training. I, I like, don't like to use the word expert, but I certainly, um, I got involved really with this company mainly because of my education background. And so what I see this, this thread from a lot of people, uh, suppliers, uh, industry experts alike, is that in the functional space, when we're delivering to a client. There's a lot of people that don't really know what they're what they're actually going to do when they walk into this space. They might walk into a facility, look at it, and think it looks amazing, and then it's down to the trainers to deliver it. And I saw that message being spread uh, amongst all the other guys in the in the panel before. So, yeah, outdoor for us is a really exciting element. Even our indoor train, our indoor frames are designed um, with a 10-year warranty, but you can even take those outdoors and use them in an outdoor environment, and you'll get five to six years of use outdoors still just with the normal paint um, that we put onto the product and then if you want to actually extend that to 10 years we have a we have a paint um, system that you can put into and it can last for the 10 years outdoors as well so what, what better than to put it in your back garden to put it in, a, in, a, in an outdoor facility anywhere really so yeah we're, we're really trying to drive that forward I mean, outdoor training is becoming extremely popular, and I've even noticed within my own community that club owners are now starting to set up small outdoor areas adjacent to their clubs. So I definitely think that there will be a, a, a growth spurt of outdoor training or even setting up outdoor equipment inside clubs, you know, maybe building on an extra room and put and creating like an outdoor ninja um, type of training course with inside a uh, business. Now, Ross, when I was at Ursa, I was lucky enough to come down and, and have a look at your stand. And there was a couple of products there that really caught my eye. And the one that I really liked the most was uh, 
where you were able to put the different like ladders onto the tiles on the ground and, you know, to create, you know, the circles on the ground for the group programming, the, the ladders yeah. on the ground. And then what I liked about it the most was that you were telling me that you're actually able to remove this from your tiles and then you could put something else down later. Are you able to explain that product a little bit more? Sure, yeah. So it's one of our exclusive products. Um, we're actually launching five brand new products to the market at the show with Sean. And so it, and people come to the show to get excited about new products. So Fit Graphics is that flooring system that you're talking about. It has been available previously, but really what we've done is we've upscaled it. We've bring in zones. Um, really what it can do, it's, it's like a graphic transfer that can be placed onto any flooring system except for Astro, although we do have an Astro option. Um, but what you basically do is you can come to see any file size, shape, color, design, and you effectively give us a file. We then take it away. We produce the product. We obviously quote you on that price. Um, and it's so it's so flexible. You can deliver that. We can deliver it to you and you can install it yourself if you want to, or we can bring a team in to do that for you. And yeah, what you can do is you can rechange a zone without having to change the flooring at any stage. So if you wanted to upscale or refurb your gym, you lift the, the, the flooring up in terms of what the fit graphics design is, and then you replace it with something else with maybe a new color. Um, one of our uh, partner companies, which is an altitude system, what they've actually designed in their education programming is every three months, they're actually going to change, completely change their flooring options so that it, it brings a new look to the facility in, in the space itself. And you can even drop your club's logo using the transfer system? Yeah, logos. Um, I don't know if I maybe should say this PC, but somebody um, designed and put a face of somebody on their uh, front doors that, as they walked into the reception. So I thought that was quite funny. Um, so, yeah, you can put literally anything down onto there on, on the floor. It can be a picture. It can be a, a toilet sign. Um, you can put arrows directing people within the club. So it doesn't just have to be um, designed just for the training effect. It could be within making um, flow of traffic within your facility even better. I know that um, once I get down to the fitness show, I will be coming up to speak to you about that product because I'm very keen to pop that into my own club. Now, Ross, whereabouts can the consumers find you at the fitness show? And besides the other products that you just spoke about, is there anything else that you think club owners really need to come down and have a look at? Yeah, um, well, first off, we're at stand number 1422. So we're from the entrance. If you walk in from the front entrance, look to the top end. Just below with the education and the, the business summit area is we're there right next to one of our partners, which is MyZone. So we're going to be in that region. And so, yeah, and some of the new products that we're bringing and launching, one of which is called New Bells, which is a, a really uh, forward thinking um, uh, weighted product. But it's based on rehab and physios. So it's a, a rehab specialist who's designed it. So that's just one. Um, our Active Virtual, which is a brand new um, software system that we're delivering. Also, along with Owen, he mentioned earlier on, we have a brand new suspension strap system for the commercial parts. So that's called Active Straps, a dual anchor system, which comes in lots of different colors. So it's not just the same boring old color that you can find around all the rest of the, the straps that are out there. So yeah, we've, we've got options. And customization is a big part about what we're trying to deliver at the show. So all of our frames can be literally any color that you want for minimal cost, and the cost is negligible. Once you pay that one of payment, you basically get a, a color of a frame that can be yours for the rest of whenever you want it to be in, in whatever color of thousands of different options. 
Sounds fantastic. So for those guys, um, Ross just told you what stand that he'll be down at. And as I said, I'll be going down there to check out some of the uh, items that I saw at Earth. So I'm very excited about the, the transfers onto the floor. Now, Cameron Falloon from BodyFit is unable to make it on our panel podcast tonight. But I just did want to let the listeners know that Cameron is the the founder of BodyFit, which is a new franchise for um, PTs that might be getting into the industry who are new, who are looking at opening up their own business. And they focus on functional fitness and group programming. Um, What I like about Cameron's business is that um, it's so economical to get into. So if you're looking to set up a new functional training business, definitely take a look at BodyFit. If you're currently in a similar business or maybe you're running under your own brand and you really need a business that's got some really strong systems, then definitely uh, give Cameron a call at BodyFit. Now, moving on from um, speaking about Cameron, I've got Gavin with me from Gav Profit Solutions now. Gavin is an expert, and I will use the word expert, coming out into your club and creating group programming for your trainers. So, Gavin, you've heard what all of the guys have got to say tonight on on the types of equipment that they have and what they'll be offering at the fitness show. How can you assist club owners that might be purchasing their equipment to implement it into their clubs for group programming or, on the other hand, maybe utilising equipment that they already have in there? Yeah, thanks, Mel. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, I suppose uh, he's so many things. He, Owen, how he talks about um, the straps as part of an integrative approach. You know, Whitey's talking about the next direction in a population that we haven't really addressed their needs. And then hearing Ross where he's talking about the versatility of his product. Oh, I suppose I'd like to start by saying I just love, you know, the, the group that you've got together and their approaches that they're taking to to the industry. Um I suppose what we see with respect to a lot of facilities is, and what we know is that around 20 to 30% of people have got a gym membership. They've also got a boutique uh, gym membership as well. So people are losing money within big box, within any facility actually, which isn't a boutique style. So the ability for them to create some sort of structured programming group sessions that is a paid aspect, I think it's just, it's critical and it makes so much sense because if they're not putting something in place, they're losing money to other areas within the industry. One of the catches, I think, for a lot of facilities, though, is being able to create a product that differentiates itself from the other group fitness offerings within their facility because a lot of people, and I know you've sort of experienced this, Mel, a lot of people will be like, well, wait, we've got group exercise. Why should we do this? And that is where you've got to have that X factor in what you're putting in place for the group, the group um, classes, the group fitness area or the boutique style experience that you're going to give within a, a normal big box. So when I come in, it's really looking at what, what equipment I've got available to utilize and looking at what things can be incorporated from an instructor perspective, from an equipment perspective, from a uniqueness perspective compared to the other areas within their facility. Um, And I mean, if we use some examples, um, if we look at some of the big sort of functional 
chains that exist in Australia, everything is paint by numbers. And you end up with instructors that don't necessarily have a vibrance of personality and the classes don't necessarily have a personality. So what we look at doing is utilising the equipment that they've got, creating a framework which allows each instructor have their, to have their own bit of personality within the, the group sessions, but for it to be unique enough that it differentiates itself from the other group, the group classes. Okay, so can we just talk about what you did in my, in my club so that listeners mm-hmm. understand what you do? Uh, I put on a 280-square-metre uh, room onto my club, and I've set it up as a, a hit workout zone and functional training area. And I've put in some pretty Mickey Mouse uh, equipment. You know, it's pretty cool. And the problem I had with my trainers was it was like, oh, my God, first of all, you know, the members have got to pay extra for it. Then we've got to come up with classes. How are we going to put it together? Who's going to help us do this? And I found that I had to obviously um, go outside of myself to give the the staff the training and I I got you to come in and can we just talk about from the moment that you came in from the initial sit down because I know that when you sat down with my trainers that within the first 10 or 15 minutes that initial discussion changed the whole outcome of the way that the work workshop was going to run so can you take us back to that first day and some of the the obstacles that you had to overcome as a trainer to educate my trainers on how they were going to upsell the functional training and and the hit classes, but also then how you help them put the group programming together and, and what you learnt about what trainers are lacking in skill in order to put these programs together. Yes. Yeah, so when we came in, as you said, the the trainers were like, well, they were sort of listening to the clients. Wait up how does this differentiate itself? Is it going to be the same? And realistically, Mel, if we probably didn't interact with them, it would have stayed the same as the group sessions. What I I sat down and did with the guys is said, let's look at the equipment that we've got sitting in here and let's have a look at what the potential is with that. And then we looked at what the competitors or who the competitors were within the market and identified what equipment they had, what level of instruction, what level of engagement they had with their members. And we decided that the equipment that we had was so much better. The level of engagement was so much better with respect to the members. So it would be the idea of being a friendly social atmosphere. That's what we've got to really take out of what a lot of these boutiques are doing. We've got the equipment. We've got the friendly social atmosphere. Now we've just got to have that wow factor in the programming. So what a lot of places do that do group style training is they forget to actually allow people to see that they're going to progress. So within a user-friendly way, we talked about doing benchmarking within the class so that people can um, join a certain strand of class. So whether it be cardiovascular, whether it be be fat loss, whether it be cardiovascular, whether it be functional training, but we have specific strands of class, we have a specific benchmark that they do at the start um, of the class. And then for the next six weeks, the class is oriented towards increasing that fitness area so that the end user can see themselves progress from week one through to week six throughout the process of the um the class there is a set number of exercises but it's helping them see their skill levels improve through those types of exercises within each category we then looked at and said okay if you've got 
cardiovascular. Let's come up. We've got 30 to 40 exercises, which are going to be our cardiovascular exercises. We're going to have 30 to 40, which are our strength base. We're going to have 30, 30 to 40, which are going to be our functional. And so we came up a list with a list of exercises so that they could cherry pick which ones they wanted to include. We then come up with a class style format. Is it going to be partner work, group work? Is it going to be time trial based? So it was actually a framework that worked across a horizontal plane, which allowed them to select from four different, um, four different areas to actually create their own class, but it actually had guidelines that meant it wasn't a free-for-all. It meant that when they went into the class for the members, they could explain to them, this is what the class is for. Um, this is the outcomes that we're looking to achieve, which I think education become, is a critical component that is missing in a lot of these you know, high-intensity functional training class situations where people aren't being educated on the whys and what's they're doing. The final part being that we want to look at health, and so we actually looked at incorporating your um, uh, as part of the the recovery, as part of the warm up, more of your I call them your sort of prehabilitative style movements, so that people are actually going to be protected and healthier which is part that is completely forgotten in a lot of these high-intensity get-them-in-get-them-out um, boutiques. So before I move on um, to discuss some things about the fitness show with Sean, um, Ross, Adam, Owen, is there anything that you would like to add to what Gavin's just said? Well, we could be here uh, all day, Bill, if we all I know, this. I know, <laughs> Owen, I know, I know. But Owen, please give me some feedback. Yeah, look, I think I think we've all touched on some similar points, and and the reality here is is that there is a need for uh, education being at the forefront. I think as we've moved away from um, just more traditional t- styles of training in facilities to a more integrated approach, and then boutiques have really taken the world by storm in the last. 12 months or so, it feels like it's the boutique revolution, whereas the 24-hour revolution was maybe five to eight years ago. Um, But education underpins everything. And you see the companies doing really well have a solid foundation of education. And the the companies that that are a bit hit and miss don't. And I, I think as a club owner, for those listening... You know, there's been a lot of things over the, the, the past number of years that you've had to adapt to and become good at. And I think now education more than ever has just got to be something that you think about, that you budget for, and that uh, that you utilise and harness the power of in order to provide better experiences for your members, better sales training, better quality for your for your staff and your trainers, and uh, and use it to grow your business. I think education is critical in every part of the, of the business. I mean, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, before I came into the industry, you just opened up a gym and you threw in some, you know, some dumbbells and some benches and, and off you went. And then we sort of went through the phase, uh, you know, group, group fitness became popular and everybody sort of signed up for Les Mills and the instructors were given their directions on a piece of paper and the video to learn. Uh, and then the new generation of trainers come through and they were jumping all over YouTube and the latest men's health magazines and they were getting workouts for their clients out of those. And I think we've become a more mature industry now where education is, is the key. It's the number one component to, to running a successful business because without education, um, we, our trainers have nothing to deliver to our, to our consumers. So, Ross, is there anything that you wanted to add to that? 
Yeah, well, look, the trends you can see, uh, we in Australia, I feel uh, having been in, uh, at URSA and, and seen global training happening on a, on, a, on a large scale, I think what we're actually forgetting about is in Australia, we, we're really driving change. We're seeing that happening. Um, one of our companies, an altitude system, we're actually changing. Nobody in America is really doing it. But uh, I loved uh, Gavin's approach. I thought Owen explained it really well. Um, we as a supplier, I want to see the product being versatile and being used in spaces. And, and unfortunately, I think people are coming out as trainers or as educators without the scope of practice to be able to deliver those methods which are required for a general public that isn't your elite athlete, that is somebody who's broken, who's a really hard day, a mum who's had problems getting the kids to school, whatever that is, we are there to give them an environment and a community and that community spirit is what's working. And I can see Cameron doing that really well with body fit. I love that you mentioned it earlier. I've seen that firsthand. And I see other people doing this really well. And there are other people who are getting buy-in from their clients and long-term buy-in. They're not shifting gym membership. They're staying with them. They're growing. And they're then seeing the real big responses. So as a supplier, that's great for me because I want to see people using my equipment. I've seen a lots of equipment in a space. It just sits there. And doesn't get used because people don't know how to use it. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think that's um, that's a good sign. And if, uh, if I throw whoop. two more in, Mel, yeah, I go for two it. more things in there off the back of the boys. Exactly what they said there. And like Ross said, a lot of equipment won't get used. And one of the problems with group training and instructors is it's it has been paint by numbers where they haven't. And, and we discussed this, Mel. They don't have that creative flair to design a class. They don't have the confidence to design a class. And so that being one part as to where they're at and where education becomes critical. The second part is any education, it's got to not just be a final point. And by having a framework that allows them to say, you know what, I can see what I've got to do moving forward. It gives them that confidence. But any new trainer that comes into that system, because we know that trainers are turned over, you know, some figures say every six months, some say 13 months. There's massive turnover. So the new trainers have to be able to pick up the ball and run with it. And if the education isn't there and available, Owen said, you know, he's got his stuff online, which is great as well. And I'm sure Ross has some as well, um, is the ability to have a structure or framework in place that comes off the back of the education that allows somebody to say, great, I can see what's got to be done here. I've got to pick five exercises from that column. I've got to choose as to whether it's this, this, and this. So it has a lifespan after the two, three, four days of implementation. Awesome. Adam, you've worked with Gavin for quite a number of years. Did you have anything that you wanted to add to that? Yeah, I was just going to mention, um, yeah, Gav is certainly one of our key master trainers at, uh, at Life Fitness. And I guess what uh, owners and, and consumers who are listening this afternoon, they need to take into account what education services uh, your equipment supplier can provide. And we obviously have our Life Fitness Academy um, uh, department or division at Life at, at where we are. And essentially, uh, we are now sort of seeing that we're breaking that down into various uh, categories, not only through the fitness equipment. I think technology is one whereby software cloud solution education is starting to come in. Uh, we will implement ours uh, at uh, Filex, and you'll see that unveiled. Um, and also biofeedback on uh, on virtual style classes, whether that be through indoor cycle programs as well. For me, when I talk to my customers, education is perhaps discussed very early on um, uh, when going through an equipment mix. So 
And Gavin's uh, is certainly a big part of that with us. We have our online solutions, and I think everybody's doing, you know, mentioning that as well along the way in this podcast today. So the on-demand education is important because we know instructors move, we know PTs move move through the system. So it's important to keep up to date and uh, refreshed on uh, latest trends and um, education. Yeah, I agree. As a club owner, I've really found it frustrating in the last say the last two, two and a half years to get staff who can be creative. So as a club owner, I totally re, uh, rely on my suppliers and people like Gavin to be able to come into my club and create, you know, group programming for the trainers so that they can deliver that to the consumers because the trends are changing so quickly. We really need to, to stay on top of everything. Unfortunately, the education that the trainers are receiving in the RTOs doesn't meet the educational standards that we require as club owners. Moving on with our podcast, Sean Krenz, how are you? Hello, Val. Very well, thank you. And um, thank you very much for putting this together. And, and in fact, thank you to all of the contributors as well because I know you're all tremendous supporters of ours at the fitness show and I just want to strongly um, second everything that's been suggested um, and particularly surrounding education. I think um, you know our job at the fitness show is to provide a platform um, for people like everyone on this panel to to showcase uh, educational opportunities and, and benefit the industry that we're all so passionate about. So I'm really excited for the fitness show this year because you've got some new zones happening. You've got different levels happening. You've got new suppliers there. So tell me some of the positive sides of being a supplier at the fitness show in 2018. Yes, so I think one of the best things we ever did at the fitness show was was segmentation. You know, everyone sees fitness in their own unique and different kind of way. So so we had to address that because obviously a female, for example, who's into kind of more mind-body type training, she doesn't necessarily want to walk into the hustle and bustle of your of your strength zone with your bodybuilding and your supplement companies and so forth. So so we, we rolled out a, a model which is zone-specific. We call them zones. And effectively, they're positioned as shows within the show. We have our strength zone, our active zone, and our industry zone, which we're going to focus on more um, on this panel now. Um, and, you know, we did that really well. It was the first time we did it in 2017 last year. But, you know, the one that we feel we still felt like we needed to improve was was the industry zone. So we we undertook a, an exercise where we went and consulted with, with all the guests that are obviously on this panel now and, and other suppliers such as your Techno Gyms and your Novo Fits and, and those types. And one thing that um, we all really felt was required was an environment that was more conducive to business. You know, we're, we're at the fitness show, we're so passionate about the business of fitness. And so we should be, you know, it's it's... it's um, down here in Australia, we punch above our weight now. You know, we're the, we're the number one in the whole world from a, from a per capita perspective in terms of gym member um, participation. There's, you know, last year alone there was $2.1 in annual club revenue. So, you know, it's, it's huge business down here in Australia and we, we really wanted to prov- provide that right environment to, to showcase that accordingly. So 
what we decided to do was relocate all the commercial equipment uh, suppliers and business services companies onto their own separate level, um, obviously away from the hustle and bustle of the consumer-facing categories that are strength and active and all of the noise that gets generated with that. So we needed to have proper conversations in an environment that better facilitated big business. So, you know, that was the first move. But the second move was, you know, we, we, we were somewhat concerned about getting traffic flow up to the area. So to address that, we went and integrated a whole stack of content. As you all know, we've, um, we've co-located with the Filex Convention since day one. And that happens um, side by side the trade show, if you like, in the convention centre. So we really saw an opportunity to integrate components of that Filex program onto the fitness show floor. So where we landed was that was effectively we've we've integrated the business-facing content into a feature area that we're calling the business hub. So that'll happen on the, on the industry's own floor. And then we've also integrated a lot of the strength and conditioning components of the Filex uh, program that'll happen within what we're calling a, a practical arena. So, you know, key, of course, the only people that can get access to that concept, content is still the the Filex delegates, but key for us was just the closer proximity to the uh, commercial equipment suppliers just to ensure more face time. With this integration, we've also um, been able to allow for longer breaks um, in between the sessions, so there's more opportunity to engage uh, with the exhibitors or if you're a delegate, um, to just to spend more time looking around. Um, and then we also, uh, for the very first time, we're launching a, an industry lounge, which is an area for VIPs to have private meetings. And we're running a whole heap of networking functions with industry bodies such as, you know, Fitness Australia, of course, our Peak Association and Australasian Leisure Management and the Australasian Leisure Facilities Association are also running different networking events from, from within that industry lounge too. So... A whole heap of new innovation. We're um, we're really confident in the strategy, and we've been most um, buoyed by the support we've had from from all of the industry's own exhibitors as well. So, what are some of the things um, that will actually be in the business hub? What is the business hub? Yep. So, the business hub is still the business components of the Filex program, and, and and key within there, we're we're really looking heavily at online marketing. You know, what's essential for your fitness business today? Um, the we're having a, a really good look at how we can help new businesses better understand today's social and digital marketing um, landscape. So, you know, a lot, of, a lot of new systems for success in that regard. Um, there's ways for fitnesses, fitness businesses to find new clients as well um, and also how to differentiate yourself from what is such a crowded marketplace. You know, we all understand the, the competition and certainly you would, Mel, being a gym owner yourself. Um, so I think that differentiation is, is key. So... We're having a good look at that um, and in the practical arena where we're really focusing in on that strength and conditioning content because we do see, you know, an opportunity there um, in that we're seeing, you know, a high level of, of new gyms opening that are kind of in that boutique strength and conditioning space. So with the with the business hub, do they need to be a Filex delegate to go into the business hub? 
Yes, they do, but we do have an education hub that's free. Um, so any industry visit, anyone who works in the industry can simply go to the Fitness Show website, click on the link to register, and you get free access, which is great. And then we've got a, a free platform for, for industry visitors, which we're calling um, our education hubs. There's a lot of hubs. I know it gets a little bit confusing, um, but that one's called the education hub. So that's um, um, accessible to all industry visitors. And we've got some great content happening um, within that. Um, key partners, again, are Australasian Leisure Management and also the Australasian Leisure uh, Facilities Association. So we're really kind of um, trying to work with some of the vertical uh, markets there um, just to support those types of buyers attending the show for our, for our equipment suppliers. So how many um, stands have you actually got running at the fitness show? Yep, so this one's our biggest yet, so we're most excited. We're very proud to, to say that the event's the, the largest of its kind in the Southern Hemisphere, and we've got 311 exhibitors who are activating in this coming event. So as, as we've said, it's spread across two levels and 22,500 square metres of space, so... It's a, it's a big event and certainly a lot to see, a lot of new products being launched. And how many people do you expect to come through the, through the fitness show over the weekend? We'd like to say 50,000. We'd love to say it would be the first time we'd smash the 50,000 attendee mark. It would definitely be 40, but, you know, likely kind of somewhere between that 40 and 50 mark. And a prox 50-50 uh, split of actual industry visitors and consumer visits. So, you know, we get about 20,000 consumers and 20,000 industries and, and hopefully a little bit over. So, Sean, let's say I'm a supplier. I don't have a stand at the fitness show um, in Sydney. What are some of the advantages or what would you be saying to me? Give me some reasons why I should purchase a stand uh, in Sydney in 2019 or possibly at your Melbourne or Brisbane shows this year. Yep, great point. I think, you know, really there's two there's two reasons why people should exhibit in the visit in, in the fitness show. One is to capture information that you can use to promote your business down the track. So, you know, a big a big part of what we do is we support our exhibitors by providing lead trackers. All of our industry visitors have lanyards so you can scan their details and you've got that. Obviously, then you also want to look at generating a return on, on investment via immediate um, at-show sales. So, um, you know, we on average, our exhibitors generate 56000 in at-show sales just by activating. So there's quite a return on investment in that regard. Um, and obviously, obviously it's, a, it's an opportunity to provide a brand experience. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an activation where... Um, a really targeted audience can come and experience what your brand is. They can see, touch, feel the product and, you know, become an influencer for you at the same time. Fantastic. So before we close off our podcast for today, um, to the panel, do you have any questions for Sean or would you like to leave some, um, you know, some positive words for those that are listening to who are considering becoming uh, a, maybe a supplier at the fitness show or they're thinking about attending? Is there anything that any of you would like to add to that? Yeah, look, I can, I can certainly speak uh, from the experience of a very – when I first started my experience with the fitness show back in 2011 – We'd only just launched our company. We had basically no money. I think it was two weeks until the fitness show was actually 
happening. And uh, we made a call to try and go there, and I think there was a couple of tiny stands left. And it was the best decision we ever made. It, we had an incredible show. We, we had a three-by-three three little tiny booth crammed in. Uh, had some straps hanging in there, and it was just absolutely amazing. And we got the kind of brand exposure that would have probably taken us a good year, a year and a half to get with key industry decision makers. So, you know, unlike probably the bigger guys with a bigger budget, even if you're small and you're thinking, can I do this? Can I make it work? If you've got something new and if you've got something that that can engage people physically, um, my recommendation would be to just take the leap because there's no better platform to test that with the market in Australia. Yeah, thanks for that, Owen. Uh, I think that's much appreciated and a good point because everyone comes into the show in that three-by-three three three capacity, if you like, but you know, very quickly what's really pleasing for us to see as organisers in three or four years' time, all of a sudden they become the, the nine-by-nines, the 12-by-12s and so on. So you know, that's one of the most rewarding things about what we do. Ultimately, our job is to pr- provide a platform for, for you guys, for suppliers, to, to run your own events, if you like, and, and that's certainly how we look at it. From, um, from a non-equipment manufacturer but being associated with them and, and, and 28 years in the industry and 17 years being associated with Life Fitness, over at Ursa this time, I see some of the biggest change. Like a lot of people say, oh, it's going to be the same stuff, different year. I see some of the biggest changes happening in the fitness industry that we've seen in a long time Everyone's searching the tech. Everyone's looking at how it integrates. We can always learn. And I see from the from the fitness show side great potential. And I think anyone who's looking at Filex, you know, same thing. You can always learn. But I see a massive change occurring in our industry, and we're really trying to find where it's at. And I think you need to be really at the forefront if you need if you're going to remain relevant um, as a gym owner. Adam, would you like to add anything before we close? Yeah, look, I think the technology is going to be a big part, I think, with uh, Filex this year. Um, but for me, I think it's just a great opportunity to connect with the, uh, the, the health and fitness industry and the family. Um, it's a great time to network with everyone. I think it's a great show and uh, we'll be definitely looking forward to it uh, with strong presence this year. Um, I love Filex. Everybody knows that I love Filex. I love the fitness show. I think it's a great opportunity for all people in the fitness industry to go along, to network, to learn, um, obviously to shop, to, to do all of those things that we all love to do. And it's also the only opportunity for a lot of us to catch up with each other uh, visually, you know, once a year. So I'm looking forward to catching up with everybody next week. I'd like to thank Owen from Crank It Fitness. Adam from Life Fitness Hammer Strength Equipment, Ross from Active Solutions, yes, Cameron from Body Fit, Gavin from Gab Pro Fit Solutions, and Sean from The Fitness Show for coming together to do this panel. I think we have given our listeners an awful lot to think about, not just with the new types of equipment coming out, um, but also education. I think those that are listening, they're thinking about grabbing a stand in the future at the fitness show they'll certainly um be asking you guys a lot of questions when they drop down to see you on the stand again thank you very much for your time today i will be dropping all of our panel guests information into the end of our podcast as the guy said they're at the fitness show they're on the stands please do go along and support them they're all a great bunch of aussie um business 
people who are just looking to, to help our fitness industry grow. And I, and I say that from the heart. Thank you very much to all of you. Have a fantastic night and we'll speak all soon. Well, good afternoon. It's Mel Tempest from the Gym Owners Business Podcast. And today I'm speaking to Zen Angelides. Now, yesterday, as most of you know who listen to our podcast, I was speaking to Owen from Crank It Fitness, Adam from Life Fitness and Hammer Strength, Ross Barber from Active Solutions, and Gavin from Gav Pro Fit Solutions, along with Sean Krenz from The Fitness Show. Now, <laughs> it was an absolutely fantastic podcast, and, and the one thing that kept coming up was um, the topic about education. So what we're going to speak about today with Zen is, is about education. So we've listened to our collaborative panel and there has been a big emphasis on education and knowledge, Zen. And when it comes to what is in our club in terms of equipment and group programming. Now, but you and I both know that education goes further. Education starts at the front desk with the frontline team. Now, you come from an amazing, strong equipment background in sales. So what are some of the issues that you see in clubs once they are fitted out? How do you, as a sales educator, go into a club and give them the skill to upsell and overcome objections when it comes to small and large group programming? Hey, Mel. Thanks Thanks for having me from on this uh, fantastic podcast uh, with an extremely awesome panel um, and, and also for your questions. Um, to, to sort of get very clear cut, um, I find that the biggest challenges that club operators have when they're looking to implement a new program with equipment, if the implementation and the buy-in is not there within the club operator, which filters all the way down to the receptionist, the, the, the salespeople, uh, as well as the personal trainers, the group fitness, unless there's an extreme buy-in to be able to share that within the club members to really capture what that specific program entails and what are the benefits what that member is going to get, particularly when we talk about engagement of members coming in a health club, but as well as knowing that the programs are designed in order to not only get results, but to retain that member a lot longer. Um, so, yeah, so number one challenge is is the buy-in, um, particularly from top to bottom. Uh, when we talk about the operator and the staff, that's probably the biggest challenge I've seen um, in the industry. And I find that it's really important that when you launch a program, whether it's group fitness or you're launching a, a program around equipment, you have to learn to link the sale through education. And there is an implementation of process with that. So um, an example I have, I, I work with a club operator in North Queensland. He has three clubs. And I sit down with him and we go through what I call business consulting and mentoring. And I analyze the business to see where are the, the challenges and the bottlenecks. And the biggest things I'm, I'm uncovering is that People who come into the industry have fantastic intention, but unless they understand the vision of what the club stands for, meaning that the employees need to know what, what is that compelling story that that club has and, and are able to be able to share that 
you know, to club members so they can capture the vision as well as why why they're in the club and, and the purpose and the intention. So I, I will come in and work one-on-one with the staff to analyse, to ensure that the, not only they understand the protocols and the visions and the missions of the club, but when you're launching a specific program, you need to have a really good systematical approach and process in how you promote, market and sell that program. And I'm finding that when you take the time to train people, not only one-on-one, but also in a group environment, to understand the purpose of that program and what the intention of and outcomes are going to be, then once the staff get a stronger buy-in, then the implementation process is far more effective and efficient when we talk about implementing a, a program, say, around equipment or whether it's small group training or it's a large group training system, everyone needs to understand exactly what that system is and being able to execute it by really bringing enormous energy and enthusiasm and passion to that program. And that's probably a second challenge that I see in clubs. If that is not captured initially in that program, then obviously the the success of that program will diminish because it just will not, um, you know, filter out to members to be able to get them engaged and then to be able to share that with other members um, on on why they should do this exciting new program. So it's a type of thing that I'm finding that it's more about understanding the emotional intelligence but also the psychology of motivation of not only what motivates the staff but also what motivates the members to inspire them to stay on top of these programs. So as the panel would have mentioned in the podcast, each of the programs has to have a buy-in and a belief system that is filtered from A to Z, from front end to back end. And when that's done, the success of that program just keeps filtering out. And I come across a lot of clubs who have terrific programs out there in the industry having success because it it really just shows that they've put the time and effort in terms of the implementation process. Um, I I recall once I I, uh, spoke to Joe Cerulli, uh, from Gainesville Health and Fitness, um, he, he once told me that one of the things that he does in terms of in, engaging employees in terms of them getting the buy-in, he takes them out to lunch and where the owner and the club manager take three to five employees to lunch each week, learn about their lives and their dreams and let them know that you care about them more than just employees. And then you've got to let them know that you appreciate them, include them all the way from the, you know, the cleaners to the floor staff to the reception staff, but really getting that engagement and closeness of the team. And I, I found that when I, when I learned that from Joe, I, I just thought, wow, that's, that's extremely powerful. In a club environment, when we talk about education, programs, implementation, it really comes down to ensuring that everyone sees the vision and is inspired to transfer that energy to members. And that's what helps to keep that engagement employees. And I recall that conversation with Joe a couple of years ago that he's been sustaining that strategy 
for the last few years and, and the implementation of when they launch programs is far more successful. When you get to know your team, um, you know, and, and more importantly, you know, tell them a story. You know, if, if, if your club or company has a powerful story, you know, to tell about how it began, how it got there, where it was, and, and tell it during its initial training period, you can really build that powerful sense of pride, you know, especially when you've got new people coming on board and if they understand what they're a part of. So there's that bigger picture. So, yeah, so I just think it's really important that club operators or if you're a studio manager or if you're looking to do small group training or large, you really have to understand that what is the purpose and intention of your program and what are the best outcomes and best practices that you need to facilitate to ensure that the members really get excited. And that will come through your marketing, promoting and selling the program, but more importantly, the buy-in from the team to be able to execute that. And I think if operators spend more time with their teams in really getting them to work together as one, and particularly as a close-knit team, um, the success rate of implementation of programs when you bring new equipment in and you launch programs out, um, it's extremely powerful. I remember years back there was a theme that I worked with a former company when it came back to sales and marketing and education. It was a very simple concept. You start smart, you stay smart, and you do it for life. And that was the pivotal um, concept that was implemented in all throughout the process of training as well as educating members or staff to start smart, stay smart and do it for life, to keep that simplicity with substance. So, um, yeah, I think if you can work on that, that will definitely help um, club operators. So just some uh, tips there, Mel, for for club operators who, who are listening to this podcast and, you know, the, the, there is a methodology, but I think there's good industry peers out there that can really help to facilitate, to help operators succeed, particularly when you're launching programs. But it's really important to really look at that psychology of motivation and the strategies and the tools to be able to help not only your staff, but your club members. So Mel, thank you for giving me this um, fantastic opportunity to present on this podcast. And if there's any other questions, people can feel free to message me either through Facebook um, or I'm sure you'll be giving out our contact details. I will be, Zen. I just have a really quick question for you before you head off. Um, I agree with you. It's really important to create that culture, especially if you want to launch a new product within your club. You do have to have or your team on board. What I'm finding when I speak to a lot of club owners these days is that they get the trainers on board, they've got the equipment in the club, they've got absolutely fantastic group programming. They find that their frontline team, the receptionists, and sometimes the sales staff at the front desk, and sometimes our receptionist is the salesperson, you, you and I both know that, mm. that when the consumer is coming in, that the frontline team sometimes struggle 
to close the sale. So, you know, somebody comes in and they're like, okay, we've got this awesome hit program happening. Yes, we got all this new equipment in six weeks ago. Our challenge starts in, in two weeks' time. But the, the receptionist on the front desk who is multi-skilled is struggling to close the sale and she already knows how amazing the equipment is. She's participated in the team training with, with the team, but she's still struggling on the front desk to close the sale. What are three tips that you can give that receptionist or that club owner that can help them close that sale at the front desk to upgrade these people into the small or large group programming? Great question, Mel. Three tips, um, particularly with reception staff, and I've just had this experience a few weeks back working with an operator up in North Queensland, and basically what I taught them that they really need to ensure that they have a strong rapport when they make contact with that member when they walk through that front door. It might be as crazy as it sounds, but when you smile with your eyes, you bring down a lot of barriers, and then you've got to be able to assess, to analyse, why did they come into that club? And you've got to find out what the why is. And there is a certain elements of questions that you need to be asking to be able to identify that. Um, and once you have found exactly what is it that they've come in for, particularly when it, you know they want to lose weight, tone up, get fit, or whatever this strong, compelling reason, once they find that, then it's really important to be able to say, great, here's a program that we believe that will is a results-orientated program that we believe that you will succeed. We will book you in with a personal trainer. He will take you through a, a very thorough one-on-one to take you exactly through that whole process to be able to understand, you know, the reasons why you should program. So I suppose the three main tips, one, if you're frontline and you're struggling to close a sale, You've got to really make sure you've got the skill sets and the tools to meet and greet, build that rapport, get to the why, what is the strong why, and you've got to keep asking specific questions. You know, why did you come here today? What is it that we can do to help serve you better? Have you been to a health club before? What are you, you know, what have been the challenges? And really find out what is the, the core reason why they've come. Once you have found that, then I found from experience that when the frontline do this work, what I call the heavy lifting, th- therefore the, the sale or the process becomes easier to be able to convert that sale. If you don't do it, then it's it's going to be extremely challenging, Mel. And, um, and I know for a fact that clubs do still struggle with that. And the frontline, particularly if, if it's uh, a young generation, You've got to spend more time with them to teach them these tools and skills to ensure that when you're frontline, energy's on, you're smiling, you're building rapport, you're asking the questions, you're trying to identify the exact core need, and then you filter them exactly what the program is there for them to to be able to achieve that. So, yeah, yeah, obviously there's a lot more depth and breadth in that, Mel, um, from a methodology point of view, but... If, if, if operators can, you know, work that concentration in that front line, it will, will make a massive difference, I find. 
I, I agree with you, Zen. As a club owner, you really do have to spend time with your with your frontline team. It, it's paramount to the success of your business. We just need to do it. Now, Zen, are you at the um, Firelex convention and the fitness show in Sydney? Yes, I will be. I will definitely be attending the Firelex trade show. Um, I'll be I'll be at the trade show on the HQH fitness stand. Um, and that's that's where I'll be, and obviously I'll definitely be uh, catching up with you and the and the and the team, what I call the meeting of the minds, which will be a truly exciting. And if anyone wants to come and see us, um, please by all means come and visit us, and more than happy to share more insights in how we can help club operators or studio owners succeed in this business. Well, thank you, Zen. As Zen said, he will be at the trade show, at the fitness show in Sydney. So do pop along and see him. Thank you very much for your time today. I will drop Zen's details in the bottom of the podcast. And I'll see you next week, Zen. Otherwise, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you so much, Mel. All the best. See you next week. Thank you. Thank you.